What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Venue RX podcast. Today, we are going to be talking with someone who has a lot of experience in a number of different sections of the wedding and event industry. And we're going to be talking about something that I think is a very impactful piece specifically for our venue owners. Of course, this is the Venue RX, but you know, we do cover a lot of different topics. So there will be plenty of nuggets that even if you are not a venue owner, you can apply to your business. But today we are going to be talking to Kevin Dennis. Uh, Kevin is a educator. He has been on uh, stages, uh, Wedding Wire. He's been on uh, Cater Source and a number of different uh, publications as well he's contributed to. And I am excited to sit down to him, uh, with him today and talk about uh, how venues can do a better job working with their vendors, among other topics. So Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. I'm uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So this is going to be an interesting topic today because I feel like as we talk to venue owners, as venue owners are looking to do a better job uh, at their properties, you know, there are so many different facets of that. There's marketing, sales, and and um, and all of that that goes into it. But there is a huge component that is their reputation, and oh you know how vendors see them. And so, before we get on to that, though, I would love to hear a little bit of a background story because you are the owner of Fantasy Sound Event Services. You you have uh, experience on the production and DJ side. Uh, all the way on to uh, what you what you currently do in the Livermore area up in California. So can you kind of walk us through a little bit your intro to the industry and then fast track us to where you are now? Sure. So I started at uh, Fantasy Sound Event Services in February of 1989. So I've been, I'm old is what I always joke with everyone. I've been around for a while. Oh, seasons, I guess is the way we, we say it. I like that. Season, season veteran. Uh, I've been around a while. Uh, started out as a DJ. Um, and then what ended up how I kind of grew into all the different facets that are the services we offer is we're 45 minutes east of San Francisco uh, without traffic. Uh, the San Francisco vendors do not want to come out to my little neck of the woods, uh, you know, and they charge a lot, you know, really a, a very expensive amounts for delivery fees and all that different stuff. And so um, about 1992, I got connected with a caterer that was doing off-premise stuff, but also had her commissary kitchen in, in a Shriners Hall. And so she was would rent the Shriners Hall and whatnot. And so around here that at that time, that was kind of the the premier place to get married or have an event or anything because it was the biggest uh, venue around here. But what she was having a hard time is getting, you know, services out from there. And so she uh, used to call me record spinner. And so she record spinner, I need you to figure out this. And this was long before Google and all that kind of stuff was around. So that's how I learned how to do AV. And that's how we learned how to do lighting. And then we grew into all the different, you know, things we fit, would do because she's like, there was a need and I felt, you know, we filled it for her and we kind of, and as her company's grown, she now owns two of the, uh, I think the premier venues in my area, uh, you know, the Palm Event Center in Costa Real and Pleasanton, they're, they're kind of looked at as the, the crown jewel, so to speak. And so, um, you know, as she's grown, we've grown along with her. And so hopefully that got you to 89 to, to, to 2022. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, and you still do that currently, correct? 
Yeah, we still, I still, yeah, we still, we like for her, uh, you know, she's considered still, it's kind of funny. I met her in 92, really didn't start working for her until 94. And, you know, like she, I was a punk kid, you know, I was only 22 years old. Um, You know, I'd show up to the meetings in jeans and a sweatshirt and she, you know, she kind of sat me down one time at a, um, at a, like a kind of speed dating, speed networking kind of thing. And she's like, you need to come here. Like you want business and you need to look like you, you know, and uh, like, she kind of like, you know, gave it to me, so to speak. And, but I, I took everything she said to heart and listened to her. And I came back in the very next uh, meeting with a shirt and tie. And, you know, like I, I wanted her business. I wanted, I wanted to, you know, work with her. And about, you know, my, maybe four to six months after that moment is when she gave me my first opportunity to work with her. And, you know, and it's it slowly, our relationship slowly developed and, you know, and now she's, probably 60% of my revenue, uh, for my business, uh, still to this day. Yeah. So she's big. We we're in house for her, both of her venues. So if you get married at her uh, venue, you, you're doing anything in the ceiling, hanging chandeliers, lighting drapery, or any of that kind of stuff. You have to, you have to go through us or one other company. So. Wow. That's incredible. That's such an accomplishment to have worked with her for that long. Really, I think is a testament to, you know, the fact that you've had to evolve and grow to match her growth. And that's tough to do, you know, to keep in pace like that. It is. Um, and it's been, it's fun and exciting. And like, even like her uh, son is getting married in a couple of weeks and we're buying new products in for that, you know, so it's constantly, it's an evolution of, you know, we, I'm big that we don't want to stay. We don't, I don't want to do the same wedding over and over again. So I'm, I, I want to find new products. I want to find new trends and I want to keep, you know, growing our business to where, you know, you could tell like, Hey, Oh yeah, that was like a wedding from five years ago. And this is a wedding today. You know, they look different. You know, I, I, I'm not big on doing the same stuff over and over again. Although brides, you know, they want to do the same thing over and over again, but we, well, it's, new to, it's new to them, right? That's, yeah. That's what I always got to look at, you know, cause I, there's a chandelier that we do at their uh, venue that we've done over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, everyone asks, isn't that your favorite chandelier? And in my head, my, my pocketbook. Yeah. thinks it's my favorite chandelier in my head. I'm like, no, that's it's time to move on. Let's go to something different. So, <laughs> well, I definitely can see being in the venue industry myself and, you know, working the work that we do with venues. It's interesting. You see people gravitate towards the same picture spot. You see them, you know, work with the same vendors and do the same thing. And there are certainly are those favorites, but, um, as, as a vendor or as someone who is a part of this, you know, it, I think we get excited when there's something different, something we can try, you know? Oh yeah. Even speaking of the, the, you know, that venue, Palm Vent Center, Costa Real, anytime we do something new, their staff is like, Oh, they're all, you know, they got their phones out. They're taking photos. It's like, they've never seen it before. You know, like, well, they haven't seen it before, but they get excited about it. And the next thing you know, they're doing tours they're talking about it. They're showing people from their phone. And next thing you know, that's how a kind of a trend has started taking off, you know, they so, get an idea. Well, this is such a good segue, I think, into um, talking about the vendor venue relationship, because, you know, you've obviously worked. It sounds like there's been a a growth cycle for you guys as a part of working with um, these venues, multiple venues now. And you've also been servicing other venues, you know, of course, as well. And so for you, the work that you've done with these venues, just starting out right right from the top, do you feel like there are some um, top one, two, maybe even three things that a vendor can do who's looking to offer their services to a venue, something that they can do to immediately get some visibility and kind of immediately get on that radar. Almost like that's that speed dating thing. I mean, she took the time to tell you the speed networking thing where she was like, Hey, you know, 
button up your collar yeah. and you were there, you know, you wanted yeah. to get the business. So what, are, what are some of those things that you've seen in, in your uh, years of experience? So that vendors don't, is it like vendors don't do well for venues? You know, like what we do, what's not good so for what, us? Yeah. What can vendors do to better? Better. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So first thing is, I think when you're there, I, I have a, a big a rule that I, I, I've kept around forever is we, I treat a venue as we are a guest in someone's home. So you, being a guest in someone's home, you're not going to go stand on a chair. You're not going to go uh, be demanding and, uh, you know, start requesting and I need this, I need that and be needy. I mean, that's another thing. And, and I, you just got to be polite. I mean, that's the biggest thing I, I find I've worked so many, you know, like we work at those two venues I told that I told you about, and there's other venues and other wineries we work at here pretty regularly. And, we, it, for us, it was about building relationships. We have strong relationships. These people are, you know, we, I know about their kids. They know about my kids. You know, we, we know about each other, you know, we care about each other. You know, it's a relationship, but you get these people that will come in there and a photographer will like, you're not allowed to go in this one area of the venue or the vineyard because it's an active working vineyard and you can't go in there, but they provide other vineyards. But the, this one photographer wanted to go in this vineyard so bad that she just said, forget it and went in there and, and broke the rule, you know, like, you know, and that's not playing by, you're not, it doesn't go back to my role. You're a guest in someone's home, you know, and that's, you know, kind of the, you, you know, like the thing that drives me nuts too, is like at the end of the night, we'll be cleaning up and you, you'll see like another DJ company will leave all a roll of the tape in the corner. And, um, they were, they McDonald's obviously on the way in. So there's McDonald's bags, you know, and just left their trash for someone else to clean. And to me, that's very disrespectful. So I think as, as vendors providing services in these venues, we have to leave it just as as clean as when we got there. And then we also shouldn't be, I need a ladder, I need tape, I need scissors, I need, you know, I need, I need, I need. You need to be prepared when you go into a venue, uh, regardless what service you do, to have all the items you need to, to you know, to to provide your service to the best of its ability. It's not the venue's responsibility to provide you things to provide your service. Mm, that's really well said. And for any venue owner listening to this right now, they're saying, amen, like Kevin, we absolutely love this um, because it's true. And, you know, operating five venues myself, and then previously being a uh, owner of a staffing company where we were sending, you know, staff all the time to venues and to work with catering companies and things like that. We definitely saw the difference between vendors who were prepared and those that weren't, and were constantly asking for things. Um, let's, I'm curious about this. What do you feel like is the dynamic that occurs when you have an ongoing relationship with a venue? So, and I think you're just the perfect person to talk to about this because you have worked at these, these two venues for so long. What happens when there's some familiar familiarity, right? Uh, yeah, it's, I definitely, it, it jokes. I always joke. I get away with a, a whole lot more at these venues than I would anywhere, you know, anywhere else. I am really good friends with the chef. So I walk right into the kitchen and, you know, in the middle of a, uh, of an event and him and I will, you know, just have a conversation and, you know, catch up and and, and talk. I would never in a million years do that at, at another, you know, venue. I, you know, I will walk in their office. I will, you know, Hey guys, do you mind if I work in the corner? Nope. You know, Oh yeah, no problem. You know, and I'll do things that I won't normally, you know, 
I would never in a million years do that in another, another venue. And it just, I, I think it, some, the wall kind of gets, I, I, they treat me like I'm one of their staff, I, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to look at, um, or, or part of the family, you know, like they, um, they spent a lot of, it was back in 18, maybe 17, 18. They spent a lot of money with the trainer, uh, brought in a corporate trainer. And then they really recommended that, Hey, you should really to align ourselves. You might want to consider, you know, bringing in this trainer. And so I, you know, it, it was the best thing I ever did. I, I brought in the same trainer and it even aligned our companies even more because our staff, we were both kind of operating under the same principles, the same guidelines, and it just kind of uniformed us as well. So I think a lot of it, it with, with these, it's that relationship and developing that relationship with people, you know, and having that, you know, even for me, like some of the other venues we work at, you know, a lot of it is you get two hours or you get three hours, you know, before to set up. Otherwise the client's got to pay more money, but I have a relationship with this venue. I know they don't have something going on earlier. I'm like, Hey, they've ordered a lot of stuff. It's going to make your venue look pretty. Can I have a couple extra, uh, you know, hours for setup um, to get there, especially like if we're doing something we've never done before. And we just want that a little bit more time to make it look good. Um, You know, especially, you know, brand new design, something we've never done and having that relationship, pick up the phone and just say, Hey, XYZ venue. Can I, you know, this is what's going on. Do you have an early event event? What's going on? I've even had, uh, you know, venues come to me and say, Hey, we don't have a Friday night event. If you guys wanted to come in during the day, Friday, preset some of your stuff, you know, and go, it's just having those relationships because they know I'm going to make their venue look good. And, you know, and it, you know, it's just, it's a nice relationship because they are have more photos to show people. Yeah. Well, and they're going to make, you're going to make their client happy. Too, yeah. You know, so that's, but I, and I'm pretty good about not telling the clients like, see, that's where I, I like tiptoe the line. That's okay. where I don't, I, I don't tell the client like, Hey, I can get early access at your venue. Don't, you know, don't pay for it kind of thing. I never like, I, I'll go. All right. I'll, I'll take the other approach. Like client will come in with this big, crazy stuff and I'll reach out to the venue saying, Hey, I have a client that wants to do this. Is there time in, in, you know, to make this happen because it's going to look good in your venue as well, you know, instead of going, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll skate the the rules, so to speak. I, I, cause I'm a big believer that we have to follow the rules. So what I'm hearing from you is even though there is that level of familiarity that comes when you've put in the work, you've shown up correctly, you know, you're bringing your own supplies and equipment to accomplish your piece of the puzzle. Um, so you're doing that to get the relationship, but once you have the relationship, I mean, even though you, you know, you mentioned you go back in the kitchen and you're talking with the chef or, you know, some of the, some of the examples that you gave, you're still treating the relationship with a lot of respect. You're still asking, you're still not assuming, right. I'm hearing some of those things. Yeah. Even, even like the, you know, the back to the two venues that we work at all the time, like I'll never go do a site survey. And I'm, I'm like, we, I always tell the client, you need to go get permission from them, you know, to make sure they don't have another event or a meeting or something going on. I don't, I, you know, I let them be the the mediator. I like to, you know, don't show up unannounced and any of that kind of stuff. You know, I, I like to, once again, we're a guest at someone's home. I try, it's a fine line at those, at, at the two venues that I work at all the time. Cause I do get away with a little bit more than I would anywhere else. But you know, it's, we're, you know, it goes back to the, we're a guest at someone's home. We got to treat it with respect. So let's pivot now and let's sure. talk on the other side of things because, you know, we've given some tidbits of information for all of our friends who are listening or watching online, uh, you know, that there are ways that you can have a better relationship with the, the venues, you know, you can treat their property like, you know, you're a guest in their home and you can, you can have that approach and really get a lot of rapport. 
So that's that. But now for our venue owners, now for the, the folks who are um, looking to maybe attract high quality vendors, maybe even you're a new venue that doesn't really have the advantage yet of having a lot of business in. So you may not be able to um, command as much interest from a larger vendor who you really would like to work with. Maybe it's a rental vendor or something like that, but they're busy kind of focusing on some of those relationships on other larger, busier, more well-known venues. So for those venues out there that are looking to be easier to work with, uh, that are looking to provide a better experience for their vendors, are there things that you have seen that have personally made your job uh, easier on the reverse side of this whole thing, the venue to the vendor? I'll be honest with you. I've seen lots lots of things that are are amazing that when you go into... a brand new venue. So I like, I've had people reach out to me. I'm working at their venue for the first time and do like kind of just a quick little zoom meeting. I just want to introduce myself here. Here's let you know, kind of the, the rules, so to speak of our, our, of our venue and you know, how, you know, tell me what your service you're providing, just kind of open that door and made me feel welcome, you know, and made me feel, cause I'm not one of their everyday vendors. I always thought that was really nice. Um, venues that have clear, concise rules. Some of them even have us sign rules rules, you know, like this is, you know, you want to hire this ven, you know, you hire this vendor to work at your venue, you need to have them sign this document. And it clearly states what the rules are, you know, and I, I think that's amazing. I um, venues that feed the vendors at the same time as the bride and groom. Um, I'll be honest with you. It's just amazing because we're bride and groom, you know, we're there to service them, right? Especially this is more important for the photographer than anybody. Like while the bride and groom are eating, we're eating. And then when they're done, we're done. And then we can move on and and keep pushing like table visits and different things along those lines. So a lot of the venues in my area here have adapted that uh, program. And it's not, it's great because I personally feel like it speeds things up. You know, like we get to the the fun part, the dancing and all that kind of better. Um, there's another venue we work at, which I think is amazing. They have a, a, a vendor cart and it has uh, the timeline. You know, they have printed timelines on there. Um, they do have a little bit of like, oops, I forgot things. So they have like a little kit there of a tide stick or, um, you know, like scissors, fishing string, uh, some, you know, safety pins. And it had a bunch of different things, but it also has a handful of bottle of waters, some uh, protein bars on there as well. And it's just a little car and it has like a, on the side of it, they've attached like a little step ladder. So it just kind of, I was like, wow, they really care about their vent, you know, the vendors when you go to work there. Cause they, they have this nice little cart that's always re- really ready to go. I, I think that's a really cool thing as well. So. All right. So a vendor cart, that's really interesting. I, I know that there are like emergency kits that planners and people like that have used for the bride, but that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, especially because, you know, venue has venues have offices or even in remote venues, there are usually little places where the team will hang out. And so if you have some sort of kit there, that makes a lot of sense. It's a small, it's, it's, it's just, it's a small little utility cart, you know, a couple shelves. Like I said, it had a, 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 a little step ladder hanging off the side of it. The biggest thing is that they keep that day's timeline right on top. And it just, it makes you, it makes you feel welcome. You know, like you walk in and, you know, like nine times out of 10, you're not probably never going to touch anything on there, but it just, it's that thought that they, you know, that they care. So when you're at a venue that has, uh, maybe they're a newer venue and you know that they have, they're a newer venue because maybe they don't have some of these things dialed in. Right. And there's not clear direction on maybe the information you're even supposed to put in a certificate of insurance or some of these different things. What is 
your approach to this? And this is info and insight into a vendor's mind for a venue uh, owner. What What is your approach? How are you helping to kind of clear the air a little bit here? Because obviously they're not outlining the expectations very well. Yeah, I would say, hey, at other venues, they require us to do this. Have you thought about doing that? You know, like just trying to give them a little bit of advice here and there of like what other venues in our area are kind of, or, or you know, or my experience of being at other venues, uh, what they expect of us, you know, kind of thing. Cause you know, you see the, I would say it's the good, bad and ugly. Um, you know, so a bride, you could tell where they spend their money is what's important to them. You know, they might may hire the top end photographer, but then go low in on everything else, you know, or, or they might, you know, they, they stretch to get into the venue. Therefore they're having to, to get lower end vendors to, to accommodate because they stretch their money because the venue was important to them. So it's always kind of interesting because then that then brings in a whole different kind of, not a really well-oiled team, so to speak. So it's always fun to me when, you know, you, you go into, I always joke that like a wedding or an event is like a battle and that you want to go to, you want to go to war with, you know, all, all the people that you can trust, you know? And so like, if it's a photographer I work with all the time, or, you know, a planner you work with all the time. And even like, it's at a venue that you're, you, you're at all the time, videographers, you, it's just, there's that comfort, it's comfortable, you know? And therefore I think that comfort, comfortability transfers over to the the uh, actual wedding or event itself. You know, everyone's just comfortable and it just flows. That that resonates so much. You know, I know you see that list of people and when the list of people includes other vendors that you really enjoy working with, it does make all the difference. You have synergy, you're able to connect with them. And even when there are timeline issues or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's usually able to make those up. And yeah, because I always say wedding and events are like improv. You know, we we, we have to make things up sometimes as we go. Um, there, we used to do the California. It was California something film festival would happen here in my in in my wine country, and we would go around and we provided the screens and the audio support for this festival. And it was like a three day festival. And we were going around with some of the folks that were from the film industry. You know, they had the fancy uh, projectors and the decks that they were playing these films on and all that stuff. And they, I was like, guys, we got to go, you know, like we have to move things, you, you know, and they're like, it's not. And I finally stopped at one point. I looked at the person that I had a, a pretty, pretty good relationship with. I'm like, this is not like the movies where you get to take the same, do the same thing over and over again, 20 times to get it right. I go, we have one, shot to get this thing right and you know because he was like you guys are so fast you're faster than us why i'm like because we got to get it right and we got to go we have a deadline you know like we had a, a very specific timeline of when we had to have every venue set up and ready to go and i, I that's always i always go back to the film industry because they always have you know 20 30 times to get it right we have one shot to get this thing right we can't you know so therefore with that one shot we have to improv as we go sometimes to you know something happened in the kitchen or, you know, something happened with one of the family members of the, of the wedding or, you know, pushing things back, you know, it's something happens and you just got to be able to roll with it. Yeah. And you want good quality people around you that you can trust to roll with it. Exactly. Because sometimes depending on the team that you have there too, you can't cover everything all at the same time. So it's, you know, coordination, it's communication that doesn't happen when, you know, you, you have people that maybe you're not familiar with because there's not that comfort level. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is like, there's venues that I just don't want to work at because I don't enjoy working there. You know, that's just me. And so there's, you know, one of the venues that I work at a lot of time, this photographer, I'll never forget, we're at dinner 
And she just ripped this place apart because it's hard to shoot the lighting. You know, all the photos come out yellow. I have to work hard to make them look good, blah, 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 blah. And then the wedding coordinator would walk through uh, from the venue. The wedding coordinator from the venue would walk through the door. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, how's things? Everything's great. Like, and then it turned into this whole like kissing her, you know what, to make it. And I'm just like. And then it's funny because I had a really good relationship with that. I'm like, this girl's ripping this place apart. You know, I was just like, she's not, you know, like be careful with this one. She's not real. You know, it's just, so in my head, I'm at one point at dinner, I go like, why are you even working here then? If you don't like it, well, they have a lot of a wedding. So, you know, I want to pay the bills. I'm like, well then have a better attitude about it. You know, when you're here, cause that, you know, I've been pretty firm. Like there's for me, if there's San Francisco, you know, I, like I said, the venue, the vendors don't want to come here. I don't be honest with you. If I don't have to go to the city to do a, an event, I'd be happy because parking and navigating the bridge, um, you know, just load in some of these hotels in San Francisco, they'll have three, four events going on at one time with one small loading dock for everyone to get through, you know, so you have to arrive five, six hours early just to get your stuff on the loading dock, just to get up, you know, up into these hotels. And it's just, it's very difficult. And so I, you know, it's a business decision that I made that I don't want to work there. And if I'm going to work there, I'm going to charge a whole lot more, you know? So what the, and this is, I love that you brought that up about the relationship and kind of sometimes the duality between the honesty that vendors will have between, you know, each other over a, you know, a plate and then, then, you know, they want the business, which I totally, I totally get. But from a venue perspective, you obviously want people working with you who are really actually genuinely excited about the property. Um, I think people show their true call. I mean, like they'll come in and be excited. And I think if like for that girl, if like your true colors will get shown at some point, you know what I'm saying? Like I've seen, you know, we haven't, we haven't even touched on it yet, which is how do I get on the preferred vendor list? That's the, you know, that's the, you know, and I'm sure you as that, that's your favorite question. You know, you have five venues and I'm sure that's your, your, your most favorite question that you get asked all the time, you know, and that it, it, it's the weird, the weirdest approach. I always, I, I think about it. It's the opposite. You need to develop a relationship with someone. And then when there's that opportunity, they're going to reach out to you to possibly be on their preferred vendor list. And if I think it's always okay to ask about being on you know, like how do you, how, what's the process? How do you come to select these vendors? And then maybe in your head, you can understand and learn and then work your, you know, work to achieve, to become on that list. If that's a venue you want to work at all the time. So, so Kevin, that's actually something that I wanted to ask you about when thinking about the venue vendor relationship and coming from a venue owner or operator's perspective, what do you feel like is is fair or reasonable to ask from your vendors to be a part of your list? Because I, I can just tell you from personal experience, we, as we were formulating our process for getting on our vendor list, there was a big discussion in our office around what do we want to ask the vendors to do? And I know there's so many models. Sometimes it's Sometimes it's kind of a pay to play type thing. Sometimes you want them to do some sort of event, some sort of trade for services, but I know that impacts the vendors. So could you give me a vendor's perspective of some of these different scenarios that you've seen and ones that you feel like are better than others? Um, I don't know if there's, I think every venue has their own way of doing it. And I don't think one way is right. And one is wrong. If that makes sense. Um, So you got to look at it like for me as a vendor, 
I look at it as marketing dollars. So like there's one of them that uses the guide. You have to advertise in the guide and that's the, they pass it out to everyone. Well, that's how, you know, I'm pretty much guaranteed I'm going to get a whole lot more weddings if I advertise in this guide than I would if I did not, you know, or are if you I, talking, are you talking like a guy, like a, like a guide that the venue puts out? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, understood. Yeah. And so you, you advertise in it and then that's what they hand all their people. And then that's kind of how they develop their, their list, you know? So that's one model that I've seen that works, but people got really upset. The vendors got upset when it first came out. I'm like, but they're handing us business. Like they're just spoon feeding us business. Why wouldn't we want to pay to play a little bit? You know, like buying a $500, $600 an ad once a year is not, in my opinion, is not bad, you know? And then there's other venues that want a percentage, you know? And so that's a business decision you have to make to work. You know, if, if you feel that, is right or wrong, you know, and it doesn't, you know, I've, you know, I've been, I have a relationships where I do pay to play because it's, it's about volume. You know, for me, you know, I look at it at wholesale, mm. they're spoon feeding me work. I don't have to go out. I don't have to have a salesperson out there trying to sell my business. It just, it comes right in my door, you know? So you got to, there's different approach and there's other venues that were on their list that don't ask anything from us. And so when they do ask like, Hey, can you, you know, any way to help up with a sound system, we have a internal event. And most of the time I'm like, here, let, let us set it up for you. No charge. You know, it, it's that kind of stuff because they, they're not asking much of us. And it, the least we can do for the, the work that they send our way is, you know, setting up a sound system that's really not costing us anything other than the gas and the, well, now the gas is really expensive, but, you know, but fuel and, you know, and a little bit of labor to set something up is not that much to ask, in my opinion. Have you ever encountered a scenario where someone has asked, you look at kind of the process, the requirements, and you're like, what the hell? Like, I'm not, we're not doing this. Like, this is not worth worth it. I did recently. Um, it was, it was a venue that we uh, had a relationship with, um, that we were supposed to, um, what we did is they charged the client. It was really weird how they did it. They charged the client $250 for every, uh, time they had an event there. It was like an added charge. And we were supposed to discount our price $250, you know, for, for that. It was really weird how they set it up, but then they took it and they wanted $500, you know, they, they, yeah. And it, I was like, no, we're good. And we, we moved on and, you know, we didn't stay with them anymore, you know, cause so I was, this, like, is a, oh. this is a venue that you previously had a relationship with oh, that something. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't like, you know, like, Hey, let's take the 250 to 300. Let's, you know, bump it up. It was, they doubled the, they doubled it and went from mm -hmm. there so. to 500. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's why I was like, so I made a decision, you know, and it's a business decision. You got, I, at that time I wasn't get, you know, we would get a handful of events a year. So it wasn't, it, my bottom line wasn't affected by that decision. You know, mm -hmm. have so. you been a participant at any sort of wedding shows or any sort of open houses that venues have put on that they ask you to come, you know, please, you know, uh, donate your services for maybe, you know, we want to have some music or, or whatever the case may be, but they've asked you to provide that in exchange for being on the list. I never exchanged for being on the list, but I have done lots of those, you know, and, and they'll do like different showcases and or bridal fairs or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but it was never in exchange. It was, do you want to participate? And I always participate 
and I'm always willing to give them whatever they want because this is all their majority of the time. It's all their clients walking through the door, you know? So this is my time to shine in front of their clients. So if they want us to put up chandeliers or some lighting or drapery behind something, or, you know, doll up the place or do whatever we need to do, I'm always willing to do it because it it's almost guaranteed money back to us. Absolutely. And you're getting exposed to a new market of maybe additional people who are there who are outside of, you know, your list or the people that, you know, your contacts, um, your marketing, like you said, I really like actually what you said, you know, um, a bit ago where you were talking about how you consider this marketing dollars. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a powerful mental shift because if you could just think about it and allocate part of the money that you would be spending on marketing for some of these things, you know, it, it really makes a lot of sense. Well, and nothing against the knot or wedding wire or any of these other services, but you know, you advertise and spend monthly, you know, dollars to be in those. And you're one of, you know, hundreds or whatever the, the amount is. Right. But it's different when you're, you know, you, most venues are only going to have three to five vendors per category on their list. You know, so now your, your percentages have come way down, you know, of, of that conversion rate going there. So whatever, Anytime you're on a list for me as a, as a, as a vendor, it's gold, you know, like being on a preferred vendor list is gold. So whatever you can do to get on that preferred vendor list is, is amazing. But then the other thing I think people forget is once you're on the list, doesn't mean you're guaranteed to stay on the list. So you have to continue to develop that relationship, still do a good job, still, you know, things happen, right? Things are going to go wrong. And I'm the first to call the venue and say, Hey, we messed up. This is what happened. This is how we're fixing it. And this is what's going to, you know, and then I think I'm sure as a venue owner, you would appreciate that one. We're making it right for the client Two, I'm keeping you in the loop because I feel like clients go to you guys for everything to like complain about this. Or, I mean, you guys are kind of the, the, the central house of complaints, you know, Susie flowers didn't call me back yet. And you know, what's going, it's happened. It's funny. It recently happened to us. We took, um, we went to a conference for two days, shut our office down for two days, put on our website, social media, uh, voicemail, everything saying we're out of the office for two days, we got, you know, two different brides call the venues complaining that they can't get a hold of us, you know? And so, you know, it, and, and then it was nice because the venue knew, cause they saw on social media, well, they're at a conference, you know, the, I'm sure they'll get back to you when they, they get, get back, back to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it was just kind of, you know, but having those relationships and, you know, you guys are the center of all the complaints. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's, um, I appreciate you saying that cause it's so funny and it shows up in, in Yelp reviews and wedding wire, the not reviews and on Google, you know, Oh, you know, and because it's like guests, can post too. They have no idea. Yeah, the guests. Yeah. The guests have no idea that the DJ, that horrible DJ you had at your venue that night, um, that maybe said some vulgar things on a microphone or something, is a separate service that was brought in and not connected to the venue. And then, like, even if you don't provide the food, you know, like some venues don't have their own kitchen, don't provide food, they use outside caterers got a bad meal. Someone got, you know, food poisoning, you know, any of that kind of next thing, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you guys are. My boyfriend and I were at, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah. It's the, the, the toughest position because we all represent, even though we don't represent you, we all represent you in, in, a, in a weird way at, at a venue. So, yeah. So speaking of that, have you found some effective ways that uh, venues have actually positioned themselves um, in, and I, I think specifically blank canvas venues. So these are venues that don't have in-house catering, DJ, any of these things. Um, in fact, maybe they just have tables and chairs. 
right? And so they don't have chandeliers and they don't have drapery or any, any of that. Um, have you found that there have been some effective ways that the venues have you that you have worked with have positioned themselves with their couples to kind of showcase their list in a way that um, helps, I, I guess, helps make the clear distinction that, hey, like, we're the venue, these are the vendors, um, and really make that separation? Or have you not experienced that as much? I don't, I don't know if I've experienced that, but I, I, I think it's pretty... I think it's just, it's inevitable that you guys are going to go down with the sinking ship. You know, it's just, it's, it really, I mean, no matter what happens, I really feel like any complaint that I really have ever heard, they're, they're the first to go to the venue for anything. And I mean, this is like out other vendor, you know, I'm hearing, you know, the rumor mill around the, you know, the wedding world is pretty rapid. And, you know, if Johnny's photography service doesn't do a good job one night, you're, you know, at, at venue X, you're going to hear about it. You know, it, it goes rampant through the, you know, through, through the rumor, rumor mill, so to speak. But um, I don't think there, I haven't really experienced any, anything. So unfortunately I'm, I'm going to. It, it sounds like, there. yeah, no, it sounds like it's, it really just comes down to a venue making correct decisions with who they have on their list and how they refer those people so that, you know, that, you know, the vendor, just like you were saying, is going to take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had a venue uh, through the pandemic that changed from, you know, they had in-house catering, uh, a lot of in-house sales and all that kind of stuff and changed. And now it's like they're using outdoor, you know, they're, they're like you said, they're just the blank canvas. Now they provide uh, tables and chairs and everything else has to be brought in. So, um, you know, and that's been interesting to be from one side to the other, you know, experience with that, you know, because now it's like you go there and it's not the same people working the event every time because it's different caterers that get to be able to be brought in. So it, it, it's taken a little bit longer to develop like, you know, meaningful relationships at, at some of these places. You almost have to redevelop the relationship and, and kind so, of go through the whole cycle. Well, pandemic has brought that on for, I mean, the, the two venues I told you about Palm events across the real, they pretty much all, but two people in the office were the only two that came back. Like everyone's moved on to other jobs or, you know, moving outside the industry, you know, so many people became real estate agents. I mean, it's just all these different stories you hear. So it's almost like we had to start over about a year ago as they hire people, you know, re, you know, that that's the biggest thing is, you know, people, you know, want to advance and want to advance their career. So therefore they might get a catering manager position somewhere else or a, you know, a, an operation manager position in another venue. So it's always developed. You may have that great relationship with a venue. And then all of a sudden that relationship you had, that person you had that connection with moves on, you know, and therefore you're having to redevelop that relationship all over again. So that's always, that's always tough. And every time you hear someone leaving, you're like, Oh man, I have it so good at this venue. Hopefully the new person, you know, because that happens a lot. I've been on the, the other side of where that person leaves the venue, they go to a new venue and then they bring all their old vendors they used to work with over to this new venue. And I feel sorry for the, all the vendors that worked there before because they've now been replaced by all of us. And so, and it, and it happened to me once at a venue here locally that we work with a lot. Um, someone new came in and had a relationship with everyone and they brought in all the people from their old, you know, from the old place. So is there a way for vendors to hedge against that? Because I've seen it too. I mean, literally we, we took over a property actually, and we, um, there were vendors on that list that just weren't, we were looking to do something a little bit different, but we brought in some people, some different people who are from our team who had different relationships. Yeah. You know? 
The one thing I will say that the ones that have done it in the past where I've been pretty successful remaining on the list is like, I introduce myself, try to set up time to meet with them and then even send them, Hey, here's a portfolio of our work that we've done there before. You know, do you have any questions about what we do, how we do it? You know, are you going to be making any changes moving forward? Or, you know, are you going to be looking for something different that the, you know, the old management was, you didn't like that they did, you know, I think just trying to open that line of communication and asking questions, I don't think is a bad thing, you know, cause you're, you know, just because they did it one, you know, the old management did it one way. doesn't mean the new people are going to want to do it the same way. They might, maybe that's why they got the job, you know, coming in there, they're, they're, they have new, new, fresh ideas, you know? So like trying to come in there and go, Hey, are you planning on making any changes? What, you know, what are some of the things you'd like to bring in? You know, what are some of the things that you wish this venue you know, vendors did while they were here, you know, just asking questions like that opens that it starts that conversation. And before you know it, you know, you're, you're developing that relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have that relationship again. And, they, and I, I feel like they care. I mean, cause some of these venues, I care about the venue, you know, like if I see somebody, you know, I'm the first, I recently had it to where um, <laughs> a photographer was being a major jerk to one of the coordinators and I finally stepped in and I was like, Hey, what's going on? Can I help you guys? And, you know, and I knew in the background and believe it or not, this photographer was such a jerk that he got an email from the uh, manager and saying, you're, do you have any event events here booked moving forward? No, great. Then don't book anymore here. You're not welcome here anymore. You know, cause he was so rude to the, to the uh, person, but I felt like obligated to come s- step in, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm the first two, cause uh, what, what the venues I was telling you about, you know, we do the lighting, we're in the ceiling and we're on the scissor lift. And so we're up there. No one, they forget that you're there cause you're so high up, but you'll see like people running through the bar, you know, like groomsmen get, come to the wedding and they're behind the bar and they're not supposed to be, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the first to go, Hey guys, don't belong back there. Get out of there. You know, I'm, I don't mind saying that, you know, helping out in, in, in a different broader perspective that, you know, it's not my place to tell them to get out of the bar, but I don't mind, you know, Hey, yeah. you don't belong there. you're still going to support the the goals yeah. of the venue. And so, yeah, I think that's so, so incredible. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. I, I know the vendor venue relationship is something that people are often thinking about, you know, getting on the list. How, how do you stay on the list? What happens? Like some of these topics, I don't even hear people talk about very often specifically about, you know, when, uh, management changes and how to, how to remain on the list or maybe offer additional value to that new management team coming in. So this has been really valuable and I really appreciate, uh, you taking the time to come on and, and share this with our audience. My pleasure. I could talk about this stuff all day. So <laughs> I, I know, I know same here, same here, but I wanted to know for anyone who is interested in, in, um, connecting with you more, uh, connecting with fantasy sound event services, connecting with just the wealth of knowledge that you have, where should people be reaching out? Sure. I, we can go to, I have two websites, uh, fantasysound.com or weddingiq.com. Uh, and you can reach us through Instagram, like FS events, uh, FSES events on Instagram or okay. wedding underscore uh, IQ on uh, Instagram as well. So wedding underscore IQ. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, Kevin, thank you again for coming on the show. And My pleasure. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We will, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'm sure I'll be rumping into you at some industry events here. I'll be there. (laughs) All right. Talk to you soon.